Hey everyone, it's Kai and Lafayette, and this is The, the Theory, Theory of Living. Living. Thanks for tuning in. We are able to bring you this episode thanks to our Patreon members. Patreon is a subscription-based platform where people can provide support for content creators like us. Thanks to our Patreon members and supporters, we are able to provide free content on the podcast and weekly episodes. By being a Patreon member, you'll have access to our entire podcast library, full video and audio episodes, along with much more. If you like this episode and you feel it adds value to your life, or you hate it, please subscribe on Patreon and or leave your review on Apple Podcast. And don't forget to mention it to your friends over your next beer. Truly, thank you again, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, and again, I mean, we don't even know if death actually exists. We know it exists in a rough form of an idea, like we're no longer able to perceive those individuals in the way we perceived them before. Yeah. You know, so somebody famously like Socrates who, you know, was sentenced to death Mm -hmm. and then chose to drink hemlock as part of his punishment, Mm -hmm. you know, mockingly said, not mockingly, but to the, the people around him, you know, he said, to fear death, gentlemen, is no other than to think of oneself wise when one is not, to think one knows what mm-hmm. one does not know. Yeah. I think that's spot on. We cannot know what occurs after death. So to put a value judgment on it seems almost like a moot point. To call it good or bad, mm-hmm. you're basically claiming to know something you absolutely cannot know right. 110%. But we do this constantly and consistently. And I don't think it's inhuman mm-hmm. to put values on death i would say it's extremely human to put a value system on Mm -hmm. death because it's a change it's when things change yeah and we're very uncomfortable with large drastic changes most of the time Mm -hmm. more subtle nuance changed things we don't realize that are occurring Mm -hmm. even functions happening right now in your body there's change occurring you're aging you're okay with these conceptually Mm -hmm. because they're so small Mm -hmm. but when somebody dies specifically when you have a relationship with somebody and they die that's when you have a huge impact on your value system Mm -hmm. of it either being extremely good or extremely bad but when somebody dies that you don't know for the most part most people i think have a detached view of it they might say that's sad because they know in their value system Mm -hmm. death is sad or negative Mm -hmm. whatever so they'll just say it's bad but they don't communicate in any meaningful way that actually shows they care you know, they're almost just virtue signaling to remind other people, yes, mm-hmm. death is a bad thing. And again, it's something none of us will escape ever. Yeah. And so I think that's the <clears throat> fallacy of most value systems when surrounded with death. Right. And that's why I think Socrates, what he did was, you know, elegant in that way, even though it was right. suicide. Right. And, you know, that's, that's based on... Based on our inability to uh, perceive anything after death, right? Yeah. But also, I think, but the for the most part, for a lot of people, uh, I think they their fear is due to um, largely due to the notion that life is worth living. You know, life is great. Life is precious. You know, they they know. I think most people would agree. Um, other than some, you know, minor cases where you know people are very desperate. You know. Um, trying to commit suicide you know things like that right i mean but for most people would i think they would agree that life is precious or at least they value life itself right i want to i want i want to have a good life life is precious right i think 
I think the fear of death largely comes from that. True. Because the life ends, right? The, right. The, the thing that you consider precious no longer exists anymore. True. Right? But they've never experienced the opposite of that situation. True. So they're only operating from the place of a known. Mm-hmm. And when you only have a known, you can only operate in one way. Right. right. So we just don't have anything to compare it to. Right. So if it's no, to me, it's no surprise that most mm-hmm. people are going to be life affirming. Mm-hmm. How could you not be? That's all right. you've ever known. Except yeah. again, for these um, outliers. Mm-hmm. And again, people that have suicidal ideation or tendencies. I think most of those come from a place of having mm-hmm. um, great difficulties and tragedies in their life or, you know, mental illness and other things. But there are, there are a, I imagine a vast mm-hmm. minority of people that have, have it all put together and have arrived to the conclusion that suicide is mm-hmm. the best option for them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's potentially true for some people, yeah. but whoever's listening to this, that's an extreme minority. Mm-hmm. If you're suffering from ideation and those types of things, it probably does not apply to you unless you've gone through every process to get mm-hmm. help and things like that. Yeah. And look, I'm even basically continuing to idolize a value system that I don't know the opposite of. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still being life affirming even right now yeah. to remind people, but yeah. I'm not doing it because I think death is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it because I think life is so powerful and a great thing. Yeah. And the experiences are so right. worth having yeah. that I would encourage anybody that's going through anything yeah to try and better themselves or you know that's a poor word choice poor term mm-hmm. but try to find the joy and value in life so they can get more out of it and again right. same with the value system that's the sure. other thing you know creating a value system so you can have a greater depth of living mm-hmm. i mean that's what we do here with theory of living 100 yeah. <laughs> i mean i think you know it really comes back to the point that what matters is uh, what we can experience and what we have control of, right? I mean, that's, those are the most, uh, most important things that we need to really focus on, right? Because when I even said that, you know, that, uh, that fear of death uh, largely comes from the notion that life is precious, um, I mean, you can argue that then, oh, well, can I just intentionally make my life worse? just bad and full of evil <laughs> so that my death going to be, I, I won't have that fear. I mean, yeah, maybe. And I think that's probably the case for some people. I mean, you know, who are suicidal severely, right? That their life is just not meaningful th- to them anymore. Yeah. That to them, that's just the only, death is the only solution. Right. Yeah. So in that sense, at least it's logically consistent, but I obviously I'm not saying that that's what one should do. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not saying that. But just because we understand that death, the fear of death comes from that notion, is it even possible conceptually that we do the opposite so that we can succeed at eliminating the fear? I mean, is I, it possible? I mean, personally, I think that the expression of these mm-hmm. negative values or positive values in this way is mostly people refusing to accept that death is an absolute. I think people do this in the opposite way <clears throat> where they live very passively, mm-hmm. adapt the normal nine to five, you know, the normal cultural historical context of what happiness should look like and should mm-hmm. be for their time period yeah. and live out that life. And, yeah. and 
and to me that would be a philosophical death yeah you're you're dead in that situation because you essentially are just reactionary you're living mm-hmm. everything everybody's told you yeah same with the other people that take the opposite rebellious approach mm-hmm. if they're only doing that to rebel against the norm rather than they've chose their value system mm-hmm. you know it's just the other side of the same coin to me personally so okay. i think you can express it both ways Mm -hmm. while also i think you can have life affirming and create your own value system Mm -hmm. and that can be expressed both ways too i mean there's people that are have done horrendous things serial killers Mm -hmm. that absolutely have no fear of death because they're living their life in a meaningful way to them granted i would say these are extreme outliers Mm -hmm. again conditioned by society civilization and different things so they can express themselves in that way yeah, but, but even so, that could be a very relative term. When yeah. they say that, they when they claim that, oh, I don't have any fear of death, yeah. that could be a very relative term. Yeah, right. But I would, I would argue uh, there's mm-hmm. probably a bit of truth there because even people that do amazing, wonderful things, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those individuals don't have a fear of death. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're unrestrained in that regard. They can right. actually express themselves right. to the full degree. And yes, obviously, the serial killer, the sociopath, the psychopath, Whatever they are, they're the extreme antithesis Mm -hmm. of life affirmation, right? Where the guy that's going in discovery and creating things, he's the, you know, the extreme positive of life affirmation, Mm -hmm. right? Still the same coin, just vastly different expressions. Mm -hmm. But to me, still, both those people are more groundbreaking than somebody who's just doing what they've been told Mm -hmm. or have never challenged or thought about that. I would still give more reverence in regard to those individuals, even the ones that have done like crazy things, because it takes a lot to do crazy things. Not that I would personally, because that's again, not with my value system. I would say most people that have fallen to the antithesis of the value system probably arrive there from a very difficult life. Mm -hmm. But even what we were watching the other day, you know, you can find out explanations of why people ended up where they are. Mm -hmm. And you start to realize, Oh shit, they're like, where they're coming from i'm not very far i can totally understand how they arrive to the conclusions they have about Mm -hmm. life and why they do what they do and why they've done it Mm -hmm. and you felt you feel you feel real empathy for those people even people have done horrendous things we're talking about the enemy yeah yeah but (laughs) just in general i mean you see this thing displayed throughout time numerously yeah which i think also helps though allow our values and our ego to be more accepting of other people Mm -hmm. when you realize that you were one misstep or just thinking things slightly differently yeah. and you could have been that person you literally could have been that person yeah. i think you know that that you know ability for us uh, of ours to be empathetic um for those who don't seem like having um making good decisions or more accepted decisions or I think come from our understanding that nothing's really absolute, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why we like we're not told to be empathetic, but we're just naturally empathetic, right? I think that's good and bad, I, I guess, in my opinion, right? Because we can be empathetic. That's a great thing, but at the, you know, at the same time, we do that because we still don't have that you know understanding of better understanding of what really that means you know yeah i mean i i almost feel like though we're naturally inclined Mm -hmm. to again empathize with people because we understand that things do change 
Mm-hmm. It's like a fundamental thing ascribed in the universe as far as we're aware. Everything yeah. absolutely changes all the time. Mm-hmm. You just need the right type of equipment to measure the change. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why we're so ready to adapt new ideas. We're ready to adopt new things mm-hmm. because we understand fundamentally, of course, there's new ideas. And of course, there's some merit mm-hmm. just because things change. Right. You know, when you try to say things never change, that's when you run into like strong ideologies people that can do, you know, potentially horrendous acts and things like that because they're set in their ways and their ego is bound to the idea that these are permanent. Mm -hmm. These are set in stone. These are like fundamental qualities of the universe. Mm -hmm. And when those become values and ethical systems, Mm -hmm. then it becomes very easy to say, I'm right and I'm going to exert punishment on those that do wrong Mm -hmm. based on my value system, you know? But you have to... again deny the fundamental quality of the universe that change is real things Mm -hmm. are not absolute yeah you know and that's i guess that's the conundrum we run into with that but speaking on the terms of death have you had any i mean you and i you know both lost our friend steven Mm -hmm. who's like a brother to us yeah in a lot of ways um so we've experienced death very personally you know hands-on right and then I lost my mom. Externally, right? Yeah, externally, yeah. right? We yeah. So we had the experience of death. Yeah. Then I lost my mom, you know, over 10 years ago. And there's been the continual process of learning and adapting mm-hmm. and changing with the realization that those people are no longer in your life. So mm-hmm. you experience death even through that. Like, again, I'm not experiencing death. I'm experiencing the concept of death. And then I'm applying its judgments and values against me. And how should it affect me? Mm-hmm. So I think how we view death has a huge impact on how we live our lives. Because if it's something we think that we really 100%. should fear mm-hmm. and be afraid of, I mean, most people would say that, yet they do nothing to live their lives any differently. Mm-hmm. While it seems the people that say death is nothing to be afraid of somehow mm-hmm. find the courage to live an authentic life. Mm-hmm. That's been my anecdotal experience. And just from the things I've read, the people I've known and the media I've consumed, that seems to be something that rings true more times than not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, it's kind of cliche to say this, but, you know, really most important thing is to um, focus on what we have control of, right? And what matters to us. I mean, no one wants to die at least... No one wants to die with full of regrets, you know, full of regrets that, oh, I should have done this. I should have, you know, said this. Nobody wants to live like that, right? Even those who are suicidal, you know, let's say that they make, you know, intentionally bad choices. Yeah, they may die with, you know, the fact that they have done everything they wanted to. But at the same time, they die, you know, with that possibility that they could have done differently, right? They could have done differently in that life. They could have made their lives better and worth living. Yeah. Right? I mean, at least you're going to die with that regret. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. I think a lot of people, though, that have a fear of death or think about death Mm -hmm. are living in a state of regret because they're not taking action Mm -hmm. in their day-to-day moments to be living the life they want which leaves room to think Mm -hmm. about death. Mm 
Yeah. Because in some way you're you're committing an intellectual death yeah. by not living the life you believe you should be living. Exactly. So yeah, you're very aware of of death as a concept, mm-hmm. but you seem to forget that it's literally happening to you right now. You're thinking mm-hmm. about it twenty years, thirty years, ten years down the road. You're thinking about that death when really you're experiencing it right now by mm-hmm. choosing not to change your life and engage in yeah. what's meaningful to you. Yeah. Or at the very least create something meaningful yeah. to you. To me, that's the real death. It's like the Ernest Hemingway quote. Yeah. You know, he says a cowardly man dies a thousand deaths mm-hmm. or dies a death of a thousand paper cuts, but the brave only die once. Yeah. Some something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Because I, I really do believe that's incredibly true when you compromise your value system and i mean compromise in the sense of disregard blatant disregard Mm -hmm. total inaction total antithesis of your value system and behave accordingly in that way Mm -hmm. that's when you really experience death yeah i think that's death yeah i think that should be feared far greater than the cessation of life yeah that's that's the way i feel about death right I mean, that's why we're doing this, too. I mean, you and I both mm-hmm. can agree on those terms to a certain level, maybe not 100%, but well enough that we take action in our yeah. lives. Right. And that's what I would want any of this message to do for somebody out there mm-hmm. listening. I'd propel you into action. Mm-hmm. You, I don't know, man. I don't really have a fear of death when I'm living my life the mm-hmm. way I feel like I should be living it. I really yeah. don't. It doesn't. Right. Even when it crosses my mind momentarily, I think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'd be fine dying right now. I'm doing right. what I'm passionate about. I'm choosing to express my will mm-hmm. upon the world. And dying doing that? Hell yeah. What a yeah. great death. You know? Right. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, very similar to me too that, uh, first of all, I do not have, uh, at least in a meaningful way, I don't have fear of death because... I don't really correlate uh, what happens in life with what happens after death. You know, I yeah. just really don't correlate them. I don't think there's there are not consequences. Well, obviously, it's not a religious view. Uh, I mean, completely opposite to religious view because they are uh, correlated, right? Yeah. Uh, whether you say consequence, what happened, what after uh, happens after death is consequence of what you do in life, right? I mean, that's. Um, most religious views, and including Egyptians too, right? The death. Um, their value um, is determined by their um, their virtue in life, basically, and yeah. that's why the mummification, and then that determines like how luxurious the mummification becomes and all that, right? But isn't um, it funny too, though, because yeah. the soul and the idea of this mm. immortal thing isn't yeah. that just to skirt the realization that death exists? Yeah. You know, like it's something so conceptually hard to grasp. Mm-hmm. We come up with the idea of the soul mm-hmm. or some form of immortality. Yeah. Just to bypass this process that's, in, in my opinion, completely meaningless. Mm-hmm. And I say that as somebody who's gone through tragic loss. I'm not saying tra- I'm not saying loss is meaningless, but I'm saying the death of the individual mm-hmm. is mostly meaningless. Because you get the experience of them through the time you spent with them, which then has a direct impact as long as you're willing to be conscious and think about it in your everyday life. And, like, they continue to live on that way. Yes. You know, like, the impact is not 
lost. It echoes through time. Yeah, so their existence is in different form now, right? They don't they no longer exist physically, but they do exist in your mind. Yeah. Right? I'm saying if you're struggling with somebody's death, mm-hmm. to me at least that's that's what you can do. You can carry their flag in your life. Yeah. And that can be a much sure. more powerful experience than mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, you're gonna cry, you're gonna weep, you're gonna have a hard time. Mm-hmm. But if you stay in that forever, you've basically died with them. Yeah. What a horrible thing. They would never want that for you. Yeah. You, know, you definitely don't want that for yourself. Right. You know? So you got to see the good in almost every situation when it's applicable and when you can. Mm-hmm. And continue to be life-affirming and not die in those small moments, even mm-hmm. when you're experiencing death. Yeah. Death of a loved one. Death of a friend. Death of a concept. Like, be willing to let go of these things, even yeah. conceptually. Because they can add such value to your life when you're willing to adopt and adapt new ideas. Mm-hmm. Or people friends yeah family yeah i mean pets <laughs> definitely uh really contemplating this ideas of death and life can be life altering, man um i think i really recommend everyone to do the same you know think about it because that's going to really force you to look at your life right yeah uh, in that sense i think it really meaning, meaningful and productive because you can guide your you know guide yourself in your life in a better way, right? Than just again, we've we've talked about this many times, but just live your life in a imposed way, right? I mean, you yeah. don't want to live it like that, right? Yeah. And you know, one should have his or her very um, core value system. You know, it, it may change; it can be adjusted, but. You should always strive for establishing those, you know, concrete value system for yourself. Otherwise, you may not you 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 could be shakable in, yeah. in hardships and you know in in bad situations, right? I mean, Completely. that's yeah, that's the correct way to. Maybe I shouldn't say correct way, but <laughs> that's a way. A, yeah, that's a way to live your life. Yeah, right. I think it goes back to the concept that Lee wanted mm-hmm. us to mention: memento mori. Mm-hmm. Remember your death. It's just what it means. Translates yeah. to right. Just be aware you're going to die. Mm-hmm. It's also why we have such huge imagery, skulls, you mm-hmm. know, the Grim Reaper, things like yeah. this. These are supposed to be memento mori's, yeah. reminders that you inevitably will die one day. And again, it's to remind you so you can live life right now. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose. Not to scare you. Not to make you fearful. Right. Not fearful in a way that like paralyzes you. Maybe fearful mm-hmm. in a way that reminds you time is ticking. The moments are short. Right. I must live for now. Yeah. You know, it's like the Dead Poets Society, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Carpe diem. Right. Seize the day. Seize it right now. That's all <sighs> you have. Yeah. Everything else, it's an illusion. The future is not guaranteed. Yeah. That's custom. We only think the future is going to occur tomorrow because mm. we experienced it yesterday. Yeah. We experienced today knowing yesterday that tomorrow might come. Yeah. You know, we're not guaranteed it, but we so quickly adapt and accept mm-hmm. a fundamental aspect of reality is that tomorrow is guaranteed. Yeah. Like the future actually exists, right. but it doesn't. Right. It doesn't. It's just a concept. So be reminded the only thing you have really is right now. Yeah. This very moment. The moment you're listening to this. Yeah. True. 
already 50 minutes 51 minutes in so i think is there anything um more you want to talk about nothing particularly i yeah. mean we're starting a three-day fast today so yeah i mean so far so good it's not that bad the first day is the easiest one honestly um are you hungry no yeah. i mean we don't eat it this time anyway you know we don't eat till way later so right but um yeah again life is full of experiences that you choose to have right so you know go out there get some good experiences and um you know live your life autonomously right yeah. that's another thing and here's the cool thing if you're worried about the future mm-hmm. as long as you act in every moment mm-hmm. to the value system you decided upon that's valuable the next moment's going to reveal itself and you'll be more capable in it yeah don't have to worry that much mm-hmm. just start living it out and things fall into place yeah it's amazing yeah 100 percent. all right guys that's it for today take care I'll talk to you later bye that's this week's short version of the episode of the theory of living podcast thanks for listening with us we're lafayette and Kyle. don't forget to join us next week for another episode and if you'd like to help support us, we have a Patreon page where you can subscribe for exclusive content, early access, and full versions of the podcast. Also, please share it with others who you think may find value in our discussion. Leave a rating, a review, and please subscribe. Thank you again. See you next time.